Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm back with my girl, Joy. I'm super excited to have her on. Welcome back, Joy. Thanks, Monica, for having me. So uh, today we get to talk about a fun, well, really not a fun topic, but something that really needs to be discussed in a big way, and it's glyphosate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where do you want to start, Monica, with, with this big topic? Yeah. So just tell people what glyphosate is like the bare minimum if they haven't heard of it before because my my audience is pretty well educated but just for those who have like tuned in and are like what is that yeah so for the longest time I was even I wasn't even pronouncing it right so it's glyphosate and uh, most people aren't familiar with it but people are familiar with the the fact that you know a lot of us are trying to do gluten-free now and grains have kind of gotten a bad rap and I wanted to just dive into why grains have kind of gotten a bad rap. And in my opinion, and my research um, as a board certified acupuncturist herbalist specializing in women's health for about a decade, I've seen definitely an increase in digestive issues and grain issues. And um, I don't think it's coincidental that there's a, a really a rise in infertility right now. Um, they started introducing this chemical um, I think it was actually, I think in the late seventies, early eighties is when they really started changing farming practices and they actually started, uh, to try to make wheat, oats, and other, um, grains, um, more, um, is, just to make it easier to harvest them. What they started doing is spraying them, um, right before they were harvesting these products, like the, the, you know, the, the wheat, and the corn and the oats, they started spraying it with this chemical. And this chemical is called glyphosate. And a lot of you guys know it as Roundup. And Roundup is, um, is just like a weed killer, right? So it's an herbicide, is what we call an herbicide. And it um, makes the products just easier to, to gather up. So it dries out the product. So you can imagine wheat and they're getting ready to, to take it off the field and they're just spraying it massively with this product that dries it out. And so, but what else does it do? Well, it dries it out and it makes it more easy to, um, you know, get it off the fields, but what does it do to your gut health? Mm -hmm. So to me, that just doesn't seem like a normal thing. It's like, there's an, an arise we know in male infertility, um, you know, female infertility feels like it's on the rise. Um, and I, you know, I can't quote the exact stats right now, but with men, I know there's some really good stats on that. But it's just like, well, what, what is the correlation? Is it, is it all of a sudden all these women and men are all of a sudden allergic to gluten or is it something deeper than that? 
And so I do feel like the rise in gluten-free products, people not being able to digest wheat, even patients telling me, you know, Joy, I went to, you know, Italy where they don't have these practices, was able to enjoy pizza and didn't have any bloating, didn't have any digestive difficulty. And a lot of these people are, you know, people that, you know, patients that have been on Whole30 and we've really cut out grains and they're, you know, on vacation in another country that doesn't use these practices. And they feel much different after eating pizza. Now, pizza isn't like a fertility superfood or anything like that. <laughs> That's maybe a bad example, but um, I'm all about, you know, taking this information and not getting overwhelmed by it. Same thing with the fertility diet, doing the best that you can. And then if you're on a vacation in Italy, yeah, you might have some pizza, right? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I think there's just from my experience in the last decade, I've definitely seen the correlation. Um, we know that, um, you know, it, it really does impact gut health. And you and I have talked a lot about this, that gut health is the foundation for our fertility. We're not getting the nutrients from our foods um, then we are not being able to set the foundation for a healthy pregnancy. And so glyphosate has kind of been known to um, tear down that, that gut lining. So you need to have like a strong gut lining that's integrous, that's not letting food particles go in and out because um, then the, the immune system starts to react to it. So um, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a hidden one. I think a lot of times people think that the government or um, somebody else is going to take care of this issue or is going to, you know, what this type of thing wouldn't be al allowed if it wasn't safe. But I'm really here to say that, unfortunately, that's not the case. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, well, yeah. I mean, for everyone who are like, oh, you guys are conspiracy theorists. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, is like, I think you're absolutely right. We've been eating grains and oats for centuries like some of our ancestors like that's all they lived on for a really long time right um you think of like people in in europe like they drank more beer than they drank water because it was cleaner right <laughs> like um and yeah there has to be this link between the two like why are women developing autoimmune issues in their teens why are more women being born really predisposed to endometriosis pcos you know all these issues um you know i have a 21 year old girl i mean she's a woman but like to me a 40 year old she's like a baby right like i like that's like still a young girl who's never had a normal cycle in her life. And you're just mm -hmm. like, where's that correlation? And um, our food has to be looked at, right? So glyphosate is just being sprayed fucking everywhere. And when Jacqueline and I talked about it on the solve that we did with it, she was just like, it just gets into the ground, right? It just doesn't stop on the crops. They're spraying these fields again and again and again. It's sinking into the ground, sinking into our water system. And so she said when she got tested, knowing Jacqueline's a very like right organic queen, she still had levels of glyphosate sure. in her sure. blood system. And yeah. so it's like just literally everywhere. And that's why it's really important to control what you can, right? Yeah. And if you are seeing these difference in your health, when you eat, so like I can tell the difference between an organic 
slowly uh, fermented sourdough bread to just like even kind of the sourdough bread that like you can buy from the grocery store, right? Because they put this sourdough organic, you think it's all. But if you look at the the ingredients at the back, like bread's supposed to have like three ingredients, right? Like if that is it. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell, so I can eat certain types of gluten or bread. And then there's other time, like we just went and got pizza and had pizza on the beach from, you know, a local pizzeria here. And um, my husband's like, oh, well, Mondays, they do it like a deal. And I was like, well, what kind of dough are they using? He's like, oh, you have to use the thin crust. I was like, I can't eat the bleached flour. Like I can't, like it really upsets me. Like the, like you just said, the pizza's not going to be great anyways, babe, <laughs> but I have to do the best. And so I get the gluten-free crust and then I have pesto on mine because I still can't handle tomatoes yet. So um yeah, it's like getting to know your body and then just being able to control um, when you decide to indulge in pizza, right? Um, and having that information for you. So you don't even have to get to a conspiracy level of like the government's trying to poison us or like, yeah, the government does a lot of stupid shit. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I do, I don't. I don't understand how people think it's safe to use chemicals. And I think their studies are so well designed to say, yes, it's safe. And it's like, well, your average American is probably eating a lot more than what was in your study or what you said was in your study. So now they're consuming you know, 50% more, is that safe? Probably not. And then they'll probably say, well, our guidelines are this. It's like, fuck your guidelines. Like you, you guys have like the top scientists in the world to make these foods so addictive that we eat them over and over and over again. Like you got us on every level. Like, and as a toxin, I mean, ideally we have zero levels, but yeah, that's in, in our, like you said, it's in our soils and things like that. So doing the best that you can with the information that you have and not stressing about it. I think my message is always coming from a, a spirit and a heart of encouragement, not of doomsday, yeah. uh, meaning you can make these changes. And I think that that is what women are needing right now is not just hard facts, but really the encouragement and knowing how to implement these changes. And that that's where my business comes in. And we've seen great success, uh, even with patients that are told you need IVF or you have to use a donor egg. You know, I had a patient that she used a donor egg and then um, she got pregnant. Now she's on her third now with, with, you know, just doing, changing her diet for her gluten was a huge thing. And so maybe her body was not able to detox the glyphosate as much or whatever. And, and, you know, maybe there's some correlation to celiac. So I think Monica and I, we, I, we're all on the same page here. And, and the other women that have been on this podcast of just figuring out those things um, and not, not being so stressed about it, meaning do, do it in a way that feels good to you mm-hmm. um, because we want to do something that's sustainable for the long term, right? So yeah. um, if, you, if you don't know if this is an issue for you, um, I feel like it's totally worth it to take the next 30 to 60 to 90 days to cut out grains and see if that is an issue for you. You know, um, I've had patients embrace it fully 100% and then I've had patients 
kind of look at me like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> like, are, are you, sh- and, and, you know, so, um, but I think that, you know, with time, they began the trust, you know, because I think with any practitioner, you have to get, start to develop a relationship and some trust. Mm-hmm. And they, the more they see um, success and they feel the encouragement and they see more research coming out, um, I think that women are more, more likely to commit to it. I wish it was as simple as just popping a, a magical pill right. um, for fertility, but it does oftentimes take, take changing things. So you, you mentioned a few things like, you know, call, did you say cauliflower crust or that was something that I was thinking? So you are going to indulge in pizza. There's, you know, fine ways. Like I know in our family, we do do some cauliflower crust. Yeah. Um, things yeah. Like there's, that. I mean, when I was doing this 10 years ago in England, there was like nothing, right? The gluten-free aisle was like literally maybe like 50 things and they were all yeah. horrible. And so I just ended up not doing any of that. It wasn't worth the money. It wasn't worth the taste. Um, So I guess I had an advantage because I didn't have those temptations because a lot of the time that these gluten-free things, they're packed with other crap, like rancid oils and I mean, canola oil. Yeah. Just like other crap. So sometimes people think they are doing really good. And with my clients, I'm always like, please send me any gluten-free item that you're using that you're unsure of. So I can check the ingredients for you and just highlight yeah, not the great things. And then you can decide how much you bring it into your life. You know, like, I know it's hard to transition. Like I had to go cold Turkey, but I was also at five years, two failed IVFs, not one pregnancy. So like, I was like, give me the witch doctor. I was at that stage, right? Like I didn't give a shit if it was weird. I was trying it. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, so yeah, it's just really important to be aware of these things. And I do think there's going to be a phase in the journey where it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be fucking annoying. You're going to be really pissed off with life that you're the one who has to do this and your best friend's sister's cousin's got triplets and she's an alcoholic, right? Like we, mm. we have to go through those emotions. And I, I now can look back and it's like, you're grieving that life that you were so comfortable in. It was easy. It was convenient. Um, and it's really hard to shift and change, but if you can push through those kind of hard times you start seeing the value in the hard, in the change. And you start, you, you can actually dramatic because we always look at um, normal common health issues, right? We're not looking at pregnancy. Yes, that's the ultimate goal. But if you start focusing on these normal common health issues that you have, you can literally see a difference in two weeks, three weeks. Mm -hmm. And so once you start seeing those differences, you're like, okay, there's something to this and then you keep yeah. going. And then obviously fertility might be the one of the last things that click into place just for egg quality takes minimum of three months. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, it's really important. And I actually just answered a question within my community. Um, cause she's struggling with the whole staying away from things and, um, it comes down to mindset. You're absolutely right. You can do this and yeah. you do have, there are people out there like Monica and myself that 
will 100% support you, encourage you, back you. And I do see that shift in my patients, just like you were talking about, you know, it's initially that first week or two is really, can be really difficult. You, you develop grit, you develop perseverance, and then you see the benefits. You start sleeping better, your bloat goes away, you start feeling better. Um, and so if you think that grains might be an issue, which we know the grains might be really the glyphosate, um, mm-hmm. or both. If you have celiac, there might be some, some people out there that just truly have an issue with grains, but, um, it's something that you should definitely look into. And, um, and I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes. Well, it's just a fad right now. It's just a mm-hmm. fad thing, right? It's just, you know, so, um, and then like, like you said, Monica, not, not running out and, and grabbing every single gluten-free product out there, because just because it says gluten-free or organic doesn't mean that it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we're, we're actually looking at trying to reduce processed foods, which tend to be higher in glyphosate. I think they found Cheerios being the very highest, um, the nature's nature's way, some of those protein bars, morning grain bars are like, those are like the highest when I looked at the, the research, yeah. um, we, we prepared for a solve talk on this. So I was, I'm thinking back to that research that, so if you think like little convenience breakfast bar is like, you know, the way to go, I would really rethink that those grain breakfast bars, those are like yeah. off the roof, off the charts with that. And then they showed that parts per billion or million there, you know, they had acceptable levels, like you were saying, Monica, of this, of glyphosate. And what they found is that almonds and other products like oats are actually exceeding that healthy range. And so, um, and I, I don't know if these companies are just not being honest or it's just, it's just, they, they, you, they add in oats and then they add in almonds. And then it's just the combination of all those high glyphosate foods, just kind of bump it up over the edge. Um, so those yeah. are, those are probably the biggest ones. I did get some sprouted grains from Costco that was sprouted oats that actually had a little symbol on it that said glyphosate, glyphosate, um, did, uh, like they did like a scan on it and it said no, no residue of glyphosate on it. So I thought that, I thought that was interesting. So even the big companies and brands now are aware that yeah. consumers are aware of this. If yeah. they're putting a symbol on the oats. And so if you are going to consume oats, I know for some women, they feel like that's such a healthy thing to start the day with. They're like, okay, I'm doing a fertility diet, starting my morning with a really nice big bowl of oatmeal. It's going to keep me um, filled up. If it's not organic, it's likely really high in glyphosate. So yeah, not to be a downer, like you said, I know to even healthy things can be um, not the right thing. And so we want it, we want you to have a strong digestive system heading into pregnancy. And this is one way that, um, we can do it. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a one really powerful way because as we know, gut health is the key yeah. to everything, right? So if you can focus on these things, um, and it becomes easier with time, like once you get into your routine, once you find your things, it just becomes new habits and a new lifestyle. Um, and you just reap the benefits for sure. For sure. And, you know, they don't do a ton of these studies on, on humans, but in 2018, there was a study published in the reproductive toxicology showing that lab animals given glyph- glyphosate were, um, they experienced uh, more fertility problems along with growth issues and malform- malformations in their babies. And um, they are, I think scientists are definitely looking into it. Um, I know that um, Monsanto paid out millions, if not billions to farmers who developed cancer. So if cancer, if this is linked to cancer, then it's not a far stretch to go, okay, this is probably harming fertility in some way as well. So um, 
I think that's, yeah, I think that's in a nutshell. Um, you can do this, you have support. Um, in the beginning, finding out about chemicals like this can feel really scary because it means changing your routines, changing your habits. And we are very, we're very much creatures of habits and routine. So like Monica said, um, you know, starting with your mindset of I get to know, I get to educate myself. I get yeah. to to go on this journey as opposed to, oh, why do I have to like, oh, nobody else is, nobody mm -hmm. else is having to deal with this. So you can do it. Um, empower, you know, being empowered makes you, uh, you know, empowers you to make, uh, being educated helps you make better, better decisions in the future. So yeah, a hundred percent. Like if I had this information in the first like year of my journey, I maybe would have been a dumbass and not listened, but after a while I would have like just absolutely consume this knowledge and not had to do IVF I would have reversed my issue within a year I'm positive of it and it was just really hard at the time sorry yeah. sorry I said that and that's why you're so passionate about helping other women yeah. you've experienced it yeah I don't want anyone to have to wait eight years to reach their ultimate goal um, there's a really good book called Toxic Legacy by uh, Stephanie uh, uh, Snuffville I probably butched her last name. I'll put it down in the show notes. So if anybody actually wants to get, she is like one of the top researchers, um, very, very smart woman. Um, and she's written a book. Obviously she's been very silenced about it, but um, <laughs> it's out there. You can buy it. So if you guys want to dig a little bit deeper and understand this um, more for yourself, you know, that's a really good resource to go to. Yeah, I think the, there's just last, maybe last two quick topics that I want to talk about. Yeah. I think that gut health is intricately related to the thyroid. And so for some of you that might not feel like maybe this pertains to you, I know my personal story was a story of miscarriage with, with thyroid issues. And so now I'm kind of looking back, doing my own you know, investigation on my own health and seeing that, wow, okay, when I was newly married, we were like stress eating for our wedding and we were eating a ton of pasta and like all this other. So we go to this Italian restaurant and we'd like wedding plan. And I had miscarriage shortly after getting married and I, I, and my thyroid was kind of, my thyroid labs were kind of tanking at that time. And so I think to myself, wow, now we know that gut health is intricately related to thyroid health. And a yeah. lot of you that are working with a reproductive endocrinologist or your OBGYN, you know, that they always test thyroid, right. For fertility, or maybe that's something that you're learning right now is, is how important the thyroid gland is for your pregnancy. So, um, even if you feel like, oh, wow, I don't have a ton of digestive issues per se, like, oh, when I eat gluten or I eat, um, grains, I'm not bloating out like a, you know, huge, there still could be, if your thyroid is tanking and your, your TSH is, you know, above three, um, or your T3, T4 is just really not looking good, that conversion, then that's something, that's an area to definitely look in, into as well is that connection between, um, you know, the integrity of your gut and how your gut health is and how that relates to your thyroid hormones. So that's Absolutely. one way to kind of look into. And then secondly, if your husband has male factor, I'm seeing like, um, I, I, I would say last Thursday, almost, almost 90% of my patients, they, their, their husbands all have male factor. And so, um, studies are showing the 2018 study published in the Swiss journal of toxics, 
links glyphosate containing pesticides to male subfertility, decreased sperm motility, and problems with sperm cell function. So that's huge. If, if you're, I know more and more of my patients have both male and female factors. Um, this is something that is absolutely also affecting sperm health. And so if, you're, if your partner has any issues with um, male subfertility, motility issues, um, this is definitely an area to look into and look into his gut health as well. So yeah. it's all yeah. connected. We got to remember it's all connected. Your gut has to handle everything you put into your body and then it gives out what it can positive or negative to the rest of the body. And it, it, it's, it still baffles me that these very highly educated doctors and OBGYNs and fertility specialists will literally look at thyroid. And even if there's an issue, here's some medication. Don't worry. It's not, I mean, I have a woman in my course, reoccurring miscarriage, thyroid issues. I'm like, what are they doing? Oh, they, they want to give me medication. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> like, come on. The, and I, like, I didn't really set off to do this, but just over the last like six months, I suppose it's kind of dawned on me is that I'm not here to put down doctors or um, we all know that they're very useful in our society. They're very smart, educated people. Um, but I think they basically have created the health coaching industry, right? Because it's people like us who went through the typical Western medical system and it completely failed us, pushing us literally to go out looking for different options, right? Out of desperation. And so we started stumbling on these things and now we're very grateful for the functional medicine doctors who are writing books and publishing blogs and have um, podcasts that we can consume this knowledge and not only, you know, do our own studies and qualifications, but we're like, no, there is medical res research behind this. Mm -hmm. And I'm really hopeful for the future that it's going to catch on to traditional medicine as long as big pharma stops or gets yeah. exposed, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like that's the only thing pushing it on because who's the sponsors of the colleges? Who's the sponsors of, you know, all these different things. And if that money goes away, then you don't have these big narratives getting pushed, right? Something new will come through. And yes, that's a little bit conspiracy theory, but I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. I think it's time for all of us to take back our health and fertility, which is my motto here, take it back. Yeah. Meaning you're not getting answers that, that sit right with you and you're still experiencing trouble conceiving or carrying your baby, find other alternatives. And they're not necessarily alternatives. Or So sometimes it's this, this ancient medicine that's been around all the time. It's, it's, whole real food. It's herbal medicine. It's, it's actually the first original medicine, right? Before there were yeah. pharmaceuticals. So I would say, yes, don't, don't rely on the typical narrative, expand your, your, your mindset, um, open it up to new ways of thinking, being, doing, 
um, you know, all of that. And I think this podcast is a great start for that. It's something that I have on my referral list to my patients is, is starting to listen, you know, when you're working out, let educate, take the time to educate yourself. Yeah. So listen to this podcast. And there's a couple other handful of ones that I recommend that you can, you know, get, get, get the knowledge that you need. And it's not going to take like hours at night, you know, Googling, you can just yeah. do it while you're working out. So yeah. listen to Monica's podcast. Yeah. While you're- yeah. Exercise. <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, ironically, I listened to podcasts driving to my fertility clinics an hour and a half one way, right? So I was educating myself. I was still using medical assistance. And that's why I became successful because I was able just to look outside the box and find what's right. Well, thank you so much, Joy, for coming on. I mean, we can literally sit here and talk all day, <laughs> but we'll leave it there. That is enough for them to consume today. Tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Joy Wellness Fertility. And um, you can, we do have different um, options that we offer. We offer, you know, one-on-ones, obviously for people that don't live in Arizona. So if you want to do um, a free 15-minute consult or a 30 to 60-minute consult, we offer that. We offer nutrition, supplements, herb, herbal medicine, all of that. Um, obviously a lot of nutrition is what we offer and mindset work. So uh, you can find me at joy wellness fertility and we, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks joy. Thanks for having me on Monica. Yeah. I'm sure we will have you on again eventually. (laughs) Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.